Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Memory Core. Uh, it's been a while. Things have been kind of crazy, uh, but we are enjoying a warm day. We have fresh-made margaritas from scratch, which I always thought was kind of a girly drink until I learned how to make it from scratch, and it's actually hits the spot. It's not that bullshit from Chili's. Yeah. But we're outside, so you might hear a lot of background noise, cars driving by, air conditioners turning on. But, hey, you know, who knows when we're going to have a nice, another nice day to do this. I mean, considering last week we got hit with a awful, unique storm that knocked the power out of our area for five days. And we're not even in Iowa where they have even worse. But, um, but yeah, so Dan and I are here. Dan, what are you been up to? Any, any good projects around the house? Uh, <laughs> repairing everything after the storm blew through? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, anything like you've been working on though, or? Uh, honestly, not really. I mean, I like I said, just repairs around the house. I had to put my fence back together, my yeah. two sections. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you snuck by when I was pretending I was the doom guy with my chainsaw cutting the branches. Yeah, making sure Dan didn't fall from his roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing is that wood project. I came up uh, for our our um our paper standees. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I came up with a different format for vehicles based off of um like the hex bases you make yeah like you don't the, make an entire hex you make you like, a, like rectangle. a rectangle yeah yeah that's so, all that matters for vehicles right so, yeah. yeah so i i did something with that i wanted to make a video on that but i just between not having any power and just my motivation has been gone yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad the first couple of days because it was relatively nice out but by about thursday with still no power and no breeze it just the heat never left the houses and no matter what floor you slept on it was just miserable we went almost a week yeah you know what two two days away i was yeah Yeah. it was monday that we lost it and then i didn't get it back until friday yeah that sucked um yeah i've been um making this moxin vice uh so moxin vice is this this wide vice for woodworking and it's basically designed so that between the two threaded rods you can get a case side in there so you can do like dovetails mm-hmm. work on the ends of boards and you don't have to worry about the board flexing on you or anything like that it's pretty pretty nice somebody's honking at us and trying to get our attention i don't know why <laughs> i don't know who the hell these people are but yeah I, it's, i've been making it from branch wood which has been really frustrating but it's the only thing i've had that's in like thick enough so that that tree that fell in my backyard it's just been really difficult and exhausting. It's been taking longer than it should because it's not nice straight grain material. But um, the Moxon vice, it was first described by a guy in like Britain in like the 1800s who wrote a book on woodworking. His last name was Moxon, so he kind of was given that it was given that name. But it was originally called lying press and not to like squeeze lies out of people. But it was used for bookmakers to stitch the, the lies um, or the folds of paper. And that's what they call the lying press for like the book backing. Um, and maybe, maybe when it's done, I can put together all the Battletech books that have fallen apart because I've read them so much. Because the adhesive and the backing glue and all that stuff was not really that durable. So my old 3025 TRO has absolutely fallen apart because when I got it as a kid, in 1994, all I did was read that book because TRO 3025 is where it's at. <laughs> Which brings us to our topic today. 3025, a retrospective. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the roundabout way I got there. Yeah. <laughs> it worked pretty good. So, um, and again, I know we've been putting it off, like, why General Kerensky sucks. And we'll get there. We'll get there one day. But with a lot of the new art coming out for these designs for um, the Kickstarter, I, I think one of the things that, that kind of strikes me is, you know, why we're so attached to this era of Battletech and why, I mean, why this artwork just really sticks with us. And I think one of the big things is this TRO and not just the, the art style, which we'll also talk about. Yeah. But it's layout. The importance behind the actual book too. The, the fluff, everything about it just really works. Mm-hmm. And Along with that comes TRL 3026. And 3026, because it's vehicles, doesn't get quite the love that 3025 does, because 3025 is, what, 80% battle max. Mm-hmm. But those two kind of fit neatly together in this era. And then after that, see, everything else after that just doesn't quite have the. No. Doesn't suck you in. And they've been. Every time they've, they've gone back and done something, they try and go back to that sort of secret sauce yeah, that je ne sais quoi of 3025 a good example if you you know new fans if you get your hands on the original technical readout 3025 read that and then skip over to 3050 and you'll yeah. see what we mean and not, and not the 3050 upgrade no it came like out a few years ago the like the fasa made 3050 yeah well up no not upgrade yeah i know what you're saying because yeah. then they did the, they did um, the revised the yeah yeah, yeah. Just check that out, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. So what, what makes, I mean, what what 3025, was, I think, was one of the first big books that came out that really discussed the background and setting of the universe. And what you get are, what, 55 max 12 aerospace fighters? Yeah, you or get 15 your, or something like that, and like and 12 you have vehicles. Your three land air max. And what's interesting are the rest of the vehicles in the back because they're not actually combat vehicles. Yeah, a lot of them aren't, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get the dropships and you get the repair installation. Uh, so the, the last the last entry in this book is just, uh, you know, an essay on repair installations and what it's like to work at one, how they're laid out, how they're equipped. Um, the importance behind them. Yeah. So, like, 325, one of the... I think I mentioned this before, back on, was it, episode two? Uh, two of the original guys that worked on it were L.R. Butch Leeper and Forrest Brown, along with, you know, a bunch of other guys that did writing. But, you know, Forrest and Butch were... I know at least Forrest was in the military. He was in Vietnam. And so, well, there is that sort of military mindset. And that's why some of these mechs are designed the way they are, because, you know, who knows what you're going to run into... But it's not just, they're not all designed perfectly, but a lot of them may have quirks or details that, that stand out. Um, like you were mentioning this too, Dan, right? Like the Hermes too, and and, and them having like these little, they're trying to just, to, just work for roles yeah. versus just being, they're, they, they fit in the universe, but they don't just necessarily fit in the, in the, the, the tabletop. Yeah, it, what we're, 
maybe did put it this way, but what they do is they, these designs aren't made for the, like, yes, they're made for the game itself, but it's not the meta of, you know, how many medium lasers can I pack on a design? And, you know, you have your handful that are like that, yeah. but it's from the perspective of the people that design these mechs. So you kind of get this, um, you have different factories. You have certain styles at these factories. Yeah. You know, um, like a good example would be Osman Industries yeah. because they came up with the whole Battle Pod concept. Yeah. But they did a limited run of their mechs. They actually sold it to other companies to produce them. Yeah. You know, like it, it's a lot of the stuff that's kind of missed in the later technical readouts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll we'll definitely get into that because... You can kind of see when the changes happen. I, I suppose there's different reasons for it, but with the original TRL-325 and 26, what you get are, you get an overview, mm-hmm. you get a description, rough description of its capabilities, and sometimes I talk about like the faults of it. So I just grabbed 325, I just flipped it over to the Catapult, and the Catapult has issues with its jump jets. Yes. And they talk about that, and they talk about you know some of them being fixed, some of them not being fixed. Side ejection system. Right, yeah. Unique. I think the Wasp has... The Wasp Lamb has a weird ejection system, too. Yeah. And what's, what's great about it is that... What works about Battletech is that sometimes a lore can't really fit in a standard tabletop game of Battletech, you know, 1v1. But I think they really stand out in terms of a RPG setting or, you know, sort of a sandbox setting. But yeah, you have overview, you have the capabilities, and you have battle history. And, you know, granted, some of them have shorter histories written. Some of them have longer histories written. Some of them is just like, yeah, this is the one thing that this mech did, and it sucked at it. Um, so it's, it's a bit <laughs> yeah, all over the place. I was going to say, not, not all of them are good. <laughs> um, but then you have variants, and you have notable mechs and mech warriors, which is really cool. So you get more of this lore that gets filled in. Um, and there are errors throughout it. Like, I think the Zeus in the original 25... TRO, like, the day they give, it debuted before the Mackie did, which mm-hmm. is the first Battle Mac. Um, between, I think, the Stinger and the Blackjack entries, there are heirs of Mercer Ravinian, who was this Draconis Combine military officer who came up with a Horde principle. Um, but, you know, throughout it, you get drips and drabs, and then whole swaths of history of the Inner Sphere. I mean, you get... You could tell Kataris was on their mind for a long time when it came to yeah. There's the a lot universe. of entries for that, but uh, you also get you know Katrina Steiner and her defense of Hesperus, and all sorts of really cool stuff that gets you know debuted and written about and hinted at, and it's just yeah. Natasha it, Kerensky's mentioned in it. Yeah. So is um, who's a rifleman pilot in her unit? I think Johnny Clavel. Yep. yep. He's mentioned in it as one of the uniques for the rifleman. You get really cool characters too. There's a lot of Wolf Dragoons entries. There's some Team Banzai stuff. Um, there are allusions and references to other pop culture things. Uh, and it just—I remember being in fourth grade. Yeah, I got—I got the—I watched the BattleTech animated show. I then got the BattleTech third edition box set as a—I think a birthday present. And then my dad, we were at Leisure Hours Hobbies, which is a local hobby store in town. And he just, he just, he 
bought me a copy of 3025, probably to his ever standing regret <laughs> because I, yeah, <laughs> did not really pay much attention to school after that. But yeah, I mean, all I wanted to do was just read that book. I get home from school and I just flip through it constantly because it just, it laid out a world that you wanted to explore. Yeah, my exposure to the TRO wasn't actually the book itself, but back then, which is another thing I, I want to do for our our podcasts, um, I used to use a program called Battlemech Designer, mm-hmm. and when you downloaded the designs for that program, the fluff was in there. Probably so, legally. Well, it, yeah, <laughs> that is it is illegal, uh, but you know, they were, it, it's like with Megamech and stuff, but I don't want to get too off topic with that yeah. but um but yeah like the entries and everything in there were um basically the you know just cut from the tro itself mm. and i actually got a physical copy of this book i want to say like a year ago oh really yeah like i i never actually owned a physical copy of uh 3025 until i got lucky and found one. Oh damn yeah i think i've got i think i have three of them one of them is the original one it's in terrible shape. It's like got masking tape as the the spine, keeping it together. And then I got another one from somebody else. It's not in the best of shape, but it looks better. And then I found like a pretty much a mint one off of eBay or something. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I do want a mint yeah. condition one of that. I knew I missed out on something because yeah. I didn't have it. I mean, I, I kind of did, but um, it, it's different because when you have the physical copy, you know, you... Even the way, um, because they they don't only describe the, like, battle mix of the universe, you know, even before you get into each weight class, they lay out, like, okay, your lights are specifically recon, or, you know, like, your bread and butter, like, the mediums. Yeah. You know, because it is, in this book, this is, like, mediums are the main battle mix of the successor states. Yeah. You know? Yeah, heavies tend to be, you know... Lance leaders and company captains. Yeah, and which, then, you know, which makes sense when you're yeah. putting together a unit like Wolf's Dragoons. And yeah. They're going to have heavier units. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you know, like if you and I, we went through the training to become a mech warrior, you know, if I was in Davian space, I'd be piloting an enforcer. It's more than they, likely. It's, that's what they would slap you in. Yeah, you'd mm-hmm. be in a medium mech. Um, one of the things I noticed, too, so you bounce around a little bit, but. You know, I, I like the artwork, and we'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit later, but, you know, a lot of, what, like, 14 so designs, 15, I, I have to really go back and count. You know, a good chunk of those designs were the original, like, Robotech and Macross and Crusher Joe designs, and they were they were tweaked a little bit. You know, the, the Marauder, for example, has maybe some boxier design elements and angular de- design elements versus some of the curves that came over from Robotech. But um, a lot of those designs, the Doug Ram, so the Thunderbolt, the Battlemaster. Shadowhawk. Well, not the Shadowhawk, the machine gun thing. Oh, yeah. So the the Goliath, and then from the Crusher Joe, the Locust, and the Robotech, the Stinger, and the Phoenix Hawk, and the Warhammer. Those are primarily the Mexicari machine guns. Um, I think that's kind of interesting because I think when you go out of it, it's the Vulcan and the Firestarter, which are 
Fossa originals that do that are the only other ones that have machine guns. And the rest of them don't. I mean, there are variants the catapult, the Victor. Um, yeah, but you you don't have official stats of those at this point. So, yeah. So you look at those. I just find it interesting, particularly like Doug Ram. So those of you who aren't familiar with it, um, Fang of the Sun, Doug Ram, was a science fiction military anime, which is where the Shadowhawk, the Thunderbolt, Scorpion, Goliath, Battlemaster, um, and I think a couple other things come from. Locust. Locust is Crusher Joe. Okay. I got um, it mixed up then. But, uh, you know, that one was far more sort of military science based. And granted, I mean, it's still, in the, like, the Doug Ram, which became the Shadowhawk, is still, like, the uber mech, and, and there's reasons for why it is. And But it, it was far more, like, tactics and supply lines and infantry and vehicles and guerrilla tactics. Um, but those are the mechs that tend to feature machine guns. And I, I, I found it interesting. They were sort of, those original, you know, 14 mechs or so were you know, really mainstays in the universe until 3025 came out, and then just a hair before it, MechWarrior first edition. But uh, I think it was the implications that there's a lot more vehicles and infantry out there than we tend to play with. And uh, so a lot more machine gun use is probably important, especially when you're fighting hordes of infantry. Which kind of foreshadows into 3026. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Yeah, 325 just is so strong through and through because of the lore, because of the universe it establishes that a lot of TROs only recently sort of tried to recapture, and a lot of them because they were revisions. Um, yeah, I thought a pretty good example, which is because it, you know, obviously both of us read through it again, mm-hmm. you know, do something like this. But let me get to it. The Whitworth was. Probably my favorite section of this because of the two pilots, Garvo Kent and Marco Hallman. They went, they basically trained together for the They were in a Draconis combine. I'm not going to say like specific unit or anything. But what happened was they had a falling out where they had to draw the line on, you know, do I murder people or, or not? And that's what basically split up their friendship. Yeah. So. Now they're in different units, and every time they encounter each other on the battlefield, it's like the Red Sea is parted, and they just go after each other and just slug it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was the coolest thing that when I got to that section. And, you know, it it's something you just don't see anymore. Right, right. <laughs> so, when it, it's a... Like, it's just, there's so much personality. Yeah, I mean, everything. Like, the Oscout having the sensors sort of in the arms. And it spends its time waving its arms around. I mean, the new one now, it's like they completely forgot about that because they put battle fists on it. Yeah. It's like, it's not supposed to have that. The tubes were there so it could survey land and actually do what it's good at. Yeah. Recon. Yeah, the the only thing it was really dedicated for was recon. Um, And then, I mean, you get loads of stuff. And even, like, the Atlas... The, the fiction on the Atlas, I think, is brilliant because it, one, I mean, it, it describes characters. It, it describes one character, uh, I think, it was, was it Greg Samsonov? Was it Samson? I was thinking of Kerensky. He's the one who designed it. <laughs> I thought we yeah, well, no, Kerensky, Kerensky designed it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's, oh, Vesley Sharonkov, who I think plays a role in 
the wolves on the border story. It's like, oh, he's so fat that the only mech that can hold him up is the Atlas, <laughs> right? Or um, this guy, mech warrior Rodney Van Cleven. And I think it's really cool, you know, this idea that, you know, here's a guy who is just a mech warrior, but he's in an Atlas. And he spends his time stomping around the battlefield as a 100-ton scout mech and, like, one of the slowest <laughs> mechs at the time. And then all he does is overheat. So he wins a land title, and he's, he's so fucking great. And then he screws it up on the next battle by overheating and losing everything because he <laughs> goofed and the whole unit lost a fight because he wasn't there. Just stuff like that, I think, is, is yeah. um, just great. Just great. Even the pilot for the um, assassin, I think it's Dale Sandstorm, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the inspiration for the Dark Death variant that was put in MechWarrior Online mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your name? In the awesome... Yeah, but the the um, the way he got his mech, he was a I want to say he had a stinger, and he was dispossessed, and he was actually in an infantry unit, and he actually stumbled upon the remains of an assassin. And what he did was he spent all of his life savings and got it back in working condition, and he yeah. became an infamous bounty hunter. Oh yeah, in the yeah. Sphere, which I think in in the TRO thirty thirty nine, the bounty hunter. They actually, the, the bounty hunter, bounty hunter who piloted the Marauder. Yeah, he wasn't that bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he ended up killing that dude. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> like you're 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 acting all tough, like you're taking my taking up my turf, stealing um, my thunder. <laughs> but yeah, like, a, a lot of the the mechs in MechWare Online, the, the custom variants, the hero variants, were taken from TRO 325. For example, uh, Danielle Peterson in the Awesome, the Pretty Baby. You know, they ended up using mm-hmm. that. Uh, um, make the awesome hero variant and you you look at i mean you just flip through it and every page is just absolutely full of text and and that continues on to 3026 and then something happened and i mean one of course you know loose did all this artwork as well and what i like about the max on the page is they occupy a space and it's it's futuristic, it's science fiction. I mean, you you have you know rock formations in the background, or you've got trees in the background, and they're a bit hazy; they're not distinct, but they're there. Um, the Marauder has that sort of that eighties grid yeah, pattern, the 80s grid. and in the background, you kind of see a, a city. What do you assume? Or what I would assume is a city with some skyscrapers, and you know the urban Mac is in a cityscape. The Jaeger Mac's in a you know a rocky Badlands area. Um, what I like is actually the dervish because they sort of flipped. It's a night scene, right? And they sort of flip the uh, the imagery, so it's a white ground and then a, a black sky with a moon. Yeah. And the scene with the spider is actually pretty cool too. Yeah, actually, you have the the uh, guy running away. Yeah, it. yeah. Or um, I, I, the what, hatchet man is another good one. He's like he's like getting like hooked up to like the coolant truck. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things, too. It's, it's kind of been lost, or it was lost um, with some of the artwork, is what the scale actually is of these designs. And uh, I, I like a lot of Plog's illustrations, but his scale is kind of all over the place. And, and you see it in some of the other artwork as well, in some of the scenario books. Which isn't to say Luz doesn't have his moments, too. Oh, yeah, no, no. The, the spider, <laughs> there's no way a man can fit in that spider's cockpit. You know? Oh, absolutely. But some, some of the... Some of the stuff, it gets a little bit ridiculous in terms of scale. The mechs are a little bit too big. Um, 
but you know, for the most part, a lot of this stuff I really enjoy. I mean, in, like the Vindicator, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that the Vindicator has ports around the PPC, it can just stick its arm in standing water and quickly shunt heat by running water around the PPC jacket yeah. to cool it down. And I, I vaguely remember when I was reading through the fluff, but I'm pretty sure that played a role in some defense that Liao had against uh, the Davians that was the beginning of the Fourth Succession War, mm-hmm. I believe. Like, that actually came into play. Which, yeah, which is good. It's, yeah. It's it's worth using that stuff um, to your advantage. I think, I think was it, was it Stardate was the magazine that they had quirks for mechs? Yeah, no, it was Dragon. It was Dragon, yeah. And that, that goes back, I mean, that goes back to, what, that, that's, and Which also speaks to the legacy of this book, because this is why you have design quirks. Right. This was, you can hold me to it in the comments. If there's another book that does this, prove me wrong. Um, and then I'm... I'm thinking up to when, like, basically FASA went away and maybe some of the fan pro books. But this was the only book to actually do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, designs actually had these quirks, good or bad, yeah. to them. They might not have... The only one that I know of that had an actual rule printed in the entry was a Javelin. And that was because it was top-heavy and it would have trouble in rough ground. Um, some of the rules like the quad max, the scorpion and the Goliath weren't officially really laid out Like the lateral shift. I think that was later. Um, but yeah, you, you flip through these books and you read them and you just want to keep reading them over and over again. Cause you want to see, you want to experience that universe and you want to suck it in. And whether it's the dropship entries, the aerotech entries, any of that stuff. And then the layout changes. And it comes like 2750, I think, is the big change. You start to see it happen because I remember being really excited about 2750 when I first learned of its existence. And of course, it was printed before I was even aware of Battletech. But, mm-hmm. yo, you're seeing the Star League Max. That's really cool. You know, I want to see the Star League Max. And the art style was different. It was sort of based off of like the 1950s cars that we are aware of the sort of smooth sleek lines the fins that kind of stuff but you begin losing things you know i think you you lose the battle history you lose the notable mechs and mech warriors that's gone which granted in that book they did mention you know personal equipment they did stuff used in the era which I believe they did that to... Well, it was the first time we see that, that technology, too. The, the endo-steel, the double heat sinks, the gauze rifle. Yeah. Um, so there, were, there was all that in there as well. But you, you lost some of that fluff. And then comes 3050, which has, like, no Nothing. fluff. <laughs> it's, just, it's just mech designs, what they carry... It's just an overview. Immune for the clans, really. It's just an overview. Yeah. Um, which, the, 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 the clans I can understand. Yeah. Because from an in-universe perspective, they had no idea who they were fighting. Yeah. But the Inner Sphere designs, it was met more of an addition to 3025. Yeah. Which is why you got new art. You know, and the yeah. variants, they made some weird decisions like the infamous uh, marauder with the case in the wrong torso the, the marauder too i think yeah the case in the wrong torso Which, yeah you can get mad at that design choice all you want but it shows the hysteria that 
they were going through trying to piece everything back together. Yeah, to yeah. Combat the clans. I think one of the problems with TR3050 is it suffers from the fact that a lot of the universe has had very gentle retcons in terms of when technology becomes available and when these designs mm-hmm. started surfacing. Um, and you start to see that when you go back to the War of 3039 historical, to just when this technology becomes available, when it's in prototype form, when these redesigns were happening, when they actually became available. Because when you read the Warriors of Kerensky series by Stackpole, it makes it seem like they're using Succession Wars era battle max up to like 3051, like when there's the... When they're actually able to counter the clan threat. Yeah, there's sort of that that pause when uh, the, what's her name, Miraborg crashes her aerospace yeah, fighter. Miraborg. Yeah, she crashes it into the the flagship and kills the Ilkhan. Of Smoke Jaguar. And then it just, everyone everything goes on pause for a year, and that's when the Innistrad catches up. And that makes sense from, you know, maybe a story perspective, but it doesn't really make sense from a universe perspective, like, you know, retooling all these all these designs and battle mechs. I think the artwork also suffers, and I think that's where you know, maybe a lot of the the miniatures started coming from was the, the, the that thirty fifty artwork, which is which is a bit of a shame. I think like the imp, for example, is particularly weak in terms of like a miniature mm-hmm. and the artwork compared to the artwork for the imp in the Wolf Dragoon source book. And I think that imp in the Wolf Dragoon source book is is it's fucking killer. It looks great. I like the pr- proportions. I like the the odd design choice. Um, and you kind of lose it in the 3050 artwork. So if you guys get the chance, you can probably hop on Sarna.net and look it up. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, this is the point when Dan will put up both images side by side so you can see. Of course. The, the, the Wolf Dragoons <laughs> one versus the 3050 TRO. Um. I'll put up a picture of an Ostrock, too, just because I like them. <laughs> well, I, I, I think the Ostmex are cool. Um, yeah, the comparison between the 3050 Ost, which actually became the miniature, which is what the stats are more closely based on, versus the 3025 Ost, which was then retconned to be the arms of the Ost War, and that's a whole other thing. But So you, you get the 3050 TRO, and you get... Very minimal fluff. Okay, I suppose fair enough. Like, how much information are you going to have on mech warriors for these mechs that are brand new? But you could probably could have put something in there from, you know, who fought the clans and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Entry on um, Kai blowing up his hatchet, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and again, they do go back with the 3050 upgrade and they add this stuff in. Because they realized something was missing. Um, that was he, when Catalyst was just got the property, wasn't it? Or was it still Fan Pro? No, I, th- I think it was Catalyst. They were going back and they were redoing yeah. a lot of those. And that is actually, you know, they did. Um, Brent Evans redid all the artwork for Thirty Fifty. Yeah, um, and I to this day I think that is the best like rendition of the loose designs. Yeah, his artwork. I like his um, the checkerboard came back. Oh, and all, all the all the, uh, the the camo, heck or yeah, the, the paint schemes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then after thirty fifty, you get thirty fifty five, which I think is probably it has some really cool designs. The thirty fifty five does, but in terms of presentation and layout, 
it's probably the weakest. I mean, you're cobbling together designs for the clans from the Jade Falcon sourcebook, the Wolf Clan sourcebook, and then you've got the stuff, the two Cs from Victor Musical Industries that ended up getting mm-hmm. unseen because of not, I don't think real fears of lawsuit, but just wanting to cover their bases. That's a whole other topic. But the book to me was more of a well, we really screwed up with this whole clan balance thing. We need to put a lot of Goss rifles out there for the inner sphere. Right, which then which then <laughs> goes really fucking crazy with thirty fifty eight. Yeah. But uh I think right around right around thirty sixty thirty fifty eight and thirty sixty is I, I think when you're really getting the the drop off in designs really Yeah, you're gonna show that the concurrent release of TROs with, with the era in such a way that's very real time. And then Fossa loses access to the Robotech designs because of the lawsuit. And they pull the Doug Ram and Crusher Joe stuff as well. And so you get 3025 revised, which then kind of combines downgraded Star League era mechs from 2750 to take that place. And what do you end up getting? We get some new artwork for the 2750 Max, which are kind of okay. But then you lose stuff still, right? Like They take you, all the pilots they out. They take the pilots out, and they put an icon for light, heavy, medium, and assault Max for some unnecessary reason. But then you put that in there, you have to, you have to lose material because you don't have the space on the page anymore for stuff. Mm-hmm. So then you lose some of the fiction and the fluff. There's some holes in the fluff, too, because they make yeah. mention of the, you know, a lot of the unseen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still in there, but they, they take it out. And then the same thing happens with 3050, you know. Which makes it more meh. Which makes it even <laughs> more meh. And then... Clearly, there's this there's this understanding that they're missing something, and when they start kind of going back, and this was in the past five years, you know, really looking at the TROs and what they want it to look like, what they want to do, they really change things up. You have a bunch of PDF only products for like the Dark Age era stuff and like the TRO prototypes, and then you've got thirty thirty nine, which combines 25 and 26 and 2750 and they so they start adding in notable pilots again 30 39 too just you can kind of put me on the record for saying this i think is probably one of the better tro's that they have put out yeah in all honesty oh, because yeah. they it was basically a reprinting of the old format yeah yeah you know? well and this thing is is that they felt so compelled to repeat the old format that they go back to it Mm-hmm. And they even do that, I believe, with the the latest TROs. I think the thirty oh yeah, Succession Wars and, in that too. Yeah, yeah. And it's ironic because when they go to release the Succession Wars TRO, they have to pull all the designs out again. Yeah, you know, because of the next lawsuit that thank God they won. Yeah, but with like the thirty one forty five TROs, they they kind of I think they do bring back a lot of the same the same layout as thirty twenty five. So really, yeah. I mean. Honestly, 3025 hit a chord that none of the other ones did that they had to go back and mimic. And not that mimicking is a bad thing. I mean, it's totally a great thing. I mean, it's what we want. 
But there's something about 3025 that really sucks you in. It really, really says a lot about the design of the book and the aesthetic even behind it. Um, loose, like when it, when I see the art that he did, it reminds me of those. I, I don't know what these books are called. They're like reference books that you can find in hobby stores when you're building like your Civil War army or like your World War II army, you know, making those displays. That's yeah. what this book basically is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of the reasons why I, I think I do like enjoy the artwork of 3058 so much because they do bring loose back. And some of the mechs don't look that great. I think the... Oh, the Bushwhacker? The, and the, the Dragonfire is one that I'm not a big fan of either. But I think in general, a lot of those mechs, I think... I do enjoy and he's careful to bring back the rounded edges and stuff like that from the 2750 with say for example the Thunderhawk and the Spartan yeah. um oddly enough the, the Striker um which has a terrible miniature I will say I, I think the miniature is bad and I mean that's I don't remember who sculpted it and he's probably I think he's done other work for Ral Partha and now Iron Wind and then they're all fine but the Striker is pretty pretty bad because it doesn't really match the artwork and the striker has been mentioned loads of times i mean i think going back to 25 30 25 i think it's in there mentioned somewhere and uh someone this is when lords of the battlefield was still an active web forum one of the guys who had a gallery there had a homemade striker battle mech and he wanted to pitch it to iron wind and iron wind said we'd love to do it but the material you sculpted it from, we cannot use to make molds. So we can't use it. Oh, man. Because I feel like that striker really matched the artwork on point. Like, even from an orthogonal standpoint, what I imagine it would look like head on. I think it, it, it looked bang on versus the striker we have now. It's a shame. Um, because, yeah, that one's, that miniature's, it's not great. <laughs> It's not great. Yeah. Uh. Well, the majority of the 3025 miniatures are actually pretty good. Right, right. And I, I know it's one of those things that some people have said that they don't agree with. But I feel like the 3025 miniatures, they were sculpted by the, sort of the same group of people, the same like three or four or five sculptors. And they clearly all talked to each other and they had a scale they all had set like up. the same passion for the game too. Yeah, and they all... Tell. Well, a lot of them ended up going on to do like really big things. I mean, like Julie Guthrie is a renowned miniature painter and sculptor. I mean, she's really talented. Huh. And she's done a lot of stuff, you know, in the recent the recent past that people really like, especially on the fantasy side. Um, and I think when Iron Wind did the Chaos Wars Kickstarter, I think she came back and did a sculpt for them to scale with the rest of the old miniatures, the old D&D miniatures that Ralph Partha used to do. Nice. That they then repurposed for their Chaos Wars, you know, fantasy battles line um but yeah yeah i mean those those miniatures i mean they were all done i think really well i mean a lot of them are also single piece miniatures which it, may explain to sort of their the static appearance or their 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 age look but at the same time i mean when you're new to this and it's all single piece right i mean you gotta make it in a way it's gonna fit in a mold and not tear the mold apart when you when you press it and take it out and it's I mean, what do you, I mean, I, people complain. They think, oh, yeah, I want more complicated things so I can pose it. And people say, well, I want single piece things so it's not such a pain in the ass to do stuff with and I can actually paint it without having to wrestle <laughs> putting it together. 
You know, well, the fuck do people want? Yeah. Have you have you tried piecing together one of the new Marauders, <laughs> the two clan or whatever? Well, even oh, even even the old Marauder. I, mean, I put a couple, a couple the, of them at in. this point. Oh. They would be old. Well, and, and you know what? I mean, the worst, the worst miniature I've ever put together, and I it's 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 unsalvageable. It's a goddamn mess. For a while there, Ralpartha were putting out lance packs, and they flirted with a blue resin material. Oh boy! And it it casted well. It did cast well. The details were all there, and they were sharp and everything. Those motherfuckers were not glued together for anything. <laughs> That's why you need a pin vice, man. And they broke. <laughs> you looked at them funny, and they snapped. So yeah. I, I have an assault lance in that blue resin that is just a disaster from when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean... You, I, I wish you guys could see the look on his face right now. He I'm, looks like he, his childhood was it's just wounding. taken away from it's, him. It's goddamn <laughs> wounding, man. That thing was a Battlemaster, no, two Warhammers, and Marauder. I, I had a... Uh, yeah, that... The original Marauder is a pain in the neck to put together, too, man. Yeah. I I only have one of those. Uh, but, yeah, like, the... Was it the Marauder 2 Clan? The Project Phoenix one? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. That thing was atrocious to put together. It looked okay, but... Ugh. But what were, it, while we're on miniatures, in 3025, what were the sculpts that were lost? Wasn't the Enforcer one of them? And the Enforcer was one of them. Yeah. The Vindicator? The Catapult? Which is a shame, because, like... The I like, I like the original Vindicator more than the Resculpt. I mean, the Resculpt's good, but yeah. I, I prefer the older one. The Catapult, that that one's really... Now, I, I know you. you really like the bird legs on it. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm more of the um, like the beginner sculpt one. The Mech Commander? Where to lay... Yeah, well, no, 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 not the C4. I freaking hate that thing. The the one with like the big egg-looking oh. torso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the beginner blimp. sculpt one that we got. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's the Catapult, the old-school Catapult torso right and yeah modified legs and the modified legs yeah 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 but they're not the c4 legs like they're they're different it's they're, the they one you got been. in a beginner's box when yeah they yeah first yeah put it out. yeah that's the one i like well you know i mean it's tough too because it's one of those things i think people don't give much credit for and you know when you when you sculpt something and then you make a master mold of it and you have to you have to account for shrinkage and so when you make molds of some of these if you make a mold off an existing miniature you're going to get shrinkage as the material you put in the mold cools and sometimes you have to deal with thermal expansion which then maybe negates the shrinkage but may ruin the mold but a lot of these miniatures the you'll notice they're actually significantly smaller if they've been manipulated or changed around or modified and then a casting made of that um yeah that catapult torso was significantly smaller than mm -hmm. the original but uh yeah you can tell it's yeah it's the same one yeah yeah i think that that catapult that you like I, think, the, I think the banshee was lost too but maybe the banshee was lost because when they put the the sculpt out mm -hmm. it was both the banshee featured in the tro and then the Steiner variant. Yeah, you got the Warhammer arm to put on so it. So they had to. Pull I that. have that miniature. Yeah, and then, then um. And it had the the it, missile launcher was actually the same one on the Warhammer too. Yeah. No, no, it was different. It was different. Really? Yeah, it's different. The Warhammer is it's boxier, and the the Banshee oh, one is curved. Oh man. 
But uh, yeah, they had to Oh pull no, it. it was. I remember. Yeah, they had to yeah. pull it because of the Warhammer arm. Which may have been one of the reasons I mean it may have been one of the reasons why they pulled a Vindicator, because I think that arm looks very much like a Warhammer arm too. Yeah. Why well, I, I don't have the, the first sculpt for the Vindicator, but but man, I, I have two on my way. I, I bought them off yeah. uh, online, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, guys, it's one of those things. Like when you get older, you don't care so much about factions that you play. You don't you don't worry about it so much. So you know, when I was younger, I was like, I'm not buying that man. That's a that's a compelling confederation mech. Whatever. And now that I'm older, I'm like, well, the Capones are kind of cool. Yeah, you know how sad I was when I couldn't buy any of the Osmex. I would have made. I want to make a whole company of them. One lance of scouts, one lance of rocks, one lance of souls. It'd be freaking amazing. <laughs> the Osman cometh. <laughs> hey, easy to maintain. You know, no armor on the arms. No, nope. but... who needs them? Right. <laughs> There's nothing in there. <laughs> He's shaking his head at me. <laughs> I mean, I, no. I mean, I, I like the osts. I have, I have, I have more than enough osts myself. I have, I had somehow at some point, I've acquired I think a lance worth of each. I, I would really because I know you got to meet the two guys behind some of the designs. I really want to know why the old Ostrock has the arms like that. I really want to know. It's almost like there yeah. was a design that not not the Oswar, but something else they had in mind. Yeah, and it, it came across sometimes it. I, I like to see what Luce said. I feel like he said somewhere. I think I think the idea was that the stats came first, and then the illustrations. So there there was an idea to have arms like that. There had to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it might have come from some other source too. Because remember, I mean, I think the Osts debuted with City Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe they were thinking something else. Um, I'll have to look at my city tech book, but I'm I'm pretty sure that well, I, the art in the book is the same from like 3025. Yeah, like it, it is the fin arms on yeah. the rock. Um, but I think the design itself is the one we're all familiar with. Yeah. yeah, unless you know, like one of them. What was it? The book or the box set before that had the MK2 or something in it. The Mark II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which the had city the two tech SRM2s. Two. Yeah, and it had, like, yeah. jump shots in the arms. It was oh, very, yeah, very, yeah. very, very illegal. <laughs> very illegal design. Uh, I want one of those. I could do some sick flips on it. <laughs> I should DFA from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> the jumping tank. The Kanga. Yeah, the Kanga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, what I also liked about 3026, it, it had a lot of personal equipment in there, too, which is um, something I didn't repeat. And thirty twenty six again. It, it's it's doesn't get the attention of twenty five. But what I like about it is that it's very clear that a lot of these designs were to exist in a world that had need for them that fit beyond a standard one v one tabletop game. And I think what sticks out are all like the remote sensor dispensers and pods and sensor equipment that were later kind of given use either in magazines or the tactical handbook or maximum tech or tech ops oh yeah the weapons were used in mac warrior but um it, it it's one of those things where it's probably easier again to to role play it you've got 
your company of mechs, you got a lance of support vehicles, and then you've got your remote sensor dispensers and your you know covering your perimeter so that no one can just simply walk in to your base camp. Um, I think what's also very cool is that they they do describe it. I can't remember where which entry it was, but again, it's about Kintaris. And it's about like that whole company of battle mechs that had, I think, bounties placed on their head. And they very clearly state it wasn't just the mech warriors. I mean, it was the whole support company. Because you don't think about it. You know, if you want to create a unit, you've got your, your mechs and you have your mech warriors. But what about all the support personnel? The dozens of people that keep this lance in operation. Don't think about it. No, you really don't. You know, they're part of it, too. Yeah, they really lay out a lot in these books. Oh, yeah, how about the... Um, hey, I also, I, 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 like, I, like this, I like this pencil artwork here for the personal equipment in 3026. Yeah, it's, like, reminiscent of, like, a World War II, um, like, recognition guide or something, you know? And you can see, I mean, this stuff goes away with... This is not in TRO 3039. Gotta Granted. The the, uh, the uh, alien reference. Yep, the yeah. uh, exoskeleton, industrial exoskeleton on page was it ninety five? Yeah. Uh, thirty twenty six. Look that up. Now a lot of this stuff comes back in a time of war, so mm-hmm. you know, the the rules for a time of war are a bit dense, but they go out of their way to make sure all this equipment is in some way in a time of war. You don't really have to go digging for it. Which is which was great of the, the writers to do. Yeah, they lay out sneak suits in here too. You know, that that's one thing they never did too. Where the hell did submarines go? Yeah, I, I can't remember which <laughs> rule like book boats? it is in, but they, 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 they have been some of the rule books, but Yeah, I mean the use of boats and submarines uh, for defense of a planet are it kind of feels like they're missing. Yeah, we only got, um, was it the Monitor naval vessel? The Monitor, the Sea Skimmer, and the Neptune. Yeah, there, there are only three total. I mean, I guess it just kind of shows that. Well, there are more. And some of the uh, the new handbooks that have come out, like, the, 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 the for example, the Davian handbook, I think it has basically the equivalent of a warship in Does it. Does it? Yeah. Wasn't the, was it the support vehicle book? Which one was that one? That was yeah, the, the that one got a lot of the, flack too. The vehicle annex. Yeah, yeah. that one. I, I remember that book got a lot of flack when it came out. Really? I, I but I understood why they did it. Yeah, yeah. You want to have a a realized universe that has these vehicles in it, and a lot of these, and even the mechs, um, they were based on real world vehicles that were out there. I think the infamous one would be how the the uh, Timberwolf, the cockpit was based off of, what was it, the B-52 Stratofortress? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Raven was actually based off of a fighter jet, uh, the front of a fighter jet. I don't remember which one. Um, someone actually did post about it in the Facebook group, though. Yeah, I, I think He got flack for that, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I reassured him, like, you know, a lot of the people, like, you met, you met two of them, yeah. you know, and we've already mentioned it a few times, but they were based off of real-world things that were out there yeah you know military yeah. equipment the hetzer is a good example right right an actual what was it i can't remember what the hetzer was actually called i mean it was like it was like a oh, wheel it's, gun it's called or something. the hetzer yeah it's like it's a called the hetzer gun. but it's like it's like the, the designation it's not a tank because it doesn't have a turret mm-hmm. 
But it has basically a, a, a giant fucking cannon on the front of it. Yeah, it's just yeah. a big cannon with wheels. And I think it's I think it's tracked. I think it is tracked. The World War II hats here was tracked. What was that? Um, but that's what a lot of people forget too. Because no, what, that, what I love is what I love is the J Edgar Light hover tank. Yeah, talk about that real quick. And before we lose it. It. So one of the things about thirty twenty six TRO is that they did some some pages in color, and I think in mine, it's gloss paper, and the one that Dan has right now, it's it's just standard paper. And it was sort of a mix and match. The, the coloring, I think, on it is really cool on, on a lot of these, especially the J. Edgar. Um, it's almost like, well, should, shouldn't you just done it all in color versus just some of it in color? And they did the same kind of cock up with the 3055 because some of them were in color and some of them weren't. Mm-hmm. But what I love about the J. Edgar Light Hover Tank, and I could not for the life of me figure this out, why the hell would they name anything after J. Edgar Hoover? <laughs> is it because Hover and Hoover are kind of... Is it like a plan words? And then I, I wish I remember who it was on the Battletech forum, the main forum said the greatest pun or the, the greatest reference was a J. Edgar Light hover tank was named that because it has a skirt. And J. Edgar Hoover was reputed to be a crossdresser. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get it. I get it. That is great. You don't see that anymore, man. Yeah. You just don't see it anymore. It's incredible. That was a good story when I heard it. I I would have never known that. No, it totally went over my head for 20 years, man. Oh, man. A lot of these conventional units are actually really nice, too. Uh, well, when I say conventional units, I actually meant to say conventional fighters. Hmm. Uh, the Mech Buster is actually my favorite. <laughs> I love that thing. Well, again, it kind of comes to this point, too, is, you know, if you're doing an RPG setting, you know, one, of the, one of the tricky things about Battletech is that if it's mech v. mech combat, you know, whether it is a GM versus players or a player versus player, there's a parity there. And that can be tough. But that's what's so great about the vehicles is that no matter kind of what rule set you're using, although the, the newer rule sets maybe make them a little bit too durable. Too complicated. But what stands out about them is that they fulfill roles that you don't necessarily have to assign a mech for, unless you really want to. But you know, when you guys are playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you can have you know fairly weak or freshly created characters or maybe you know level one or maybe level five and you can send them against the goblin 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 <laughs> goblin horde or the tequila's hitting the tequila's hitting goblin <laughs> horde or skeletons and i mean you fight against enough of them it's definitely a challenge but it's not insurmountable um which i think is really powerful you know and then when you fight battle mechs it's when you know like you you've it's a real threat um, and that's really great is that you, you have resources to do kind of that sort of setting. And you know, what's also great about Dungeons and Dragons and say Lord of the Rings, cause that's going to be 20 years soon for those movies. Oh. Um, you see ruins and destroyed temples and forts and all that stuff. There's a history and, room to explore and investigate and maybe find artifacts. And the same thing with Battletech is that there's Star League bases and 
artifacts that you can discover. And uh, I think it's it's wise to try and emulate that for your game. And I think these TROs help you emulate that dramatically. Yeah, to get back on vehicles too, um, a lot of these mechs in 3025 were labeled as support for infantry like the Vulcan. Yeah. And the later rule sets really freaking neutered them where it doesn't even make sense anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Urban Mech is a good example. You know, because they... You would think an Urban Mech would have a machine gun on it, but back then, if you were to fire an autocannon 10 and some infantry, it, it was it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. You know, because you would do double damage in the open, and it would do... They'd be like 20 points of damage. You'd have, what, four infantry left for yeah. like eight or something like that? Yeah. Not like that anymore. Well, there's definitely, there's definitely a sort of middle ground between super durable infantry and infantry that are super squishy. Um, and I think because the rules originally had them to be so weak, or like even the vehicles. For example, there's that one time where we played and you one hit my demolisher with the medium laser with fresh yeah. armor. You know, and just, yeah, that was it. It was done. You know, didn't even penetrate the armor, but it was done. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty clear that there's a realized universe here for how these things work and what they're supposed to be used against. And, uh, you know, there, there is information here about its intended role and its sort of operating procedure. And a lot of the early fiction plays into that and changing doctrines. I think one of the one of the great ones again kind of comes back to that again the Scorpion and that that scenario that Robert Charette and Michael Todd over the Charette collection put information out of that we that we played. You know, the idea that the Scorpion was supposed to pair with vehicles and be a light mech slash scout hunter. Yeah, because it, it, it's under armored, but it's so fast and it has a big gun. Well, some of them, too, are just, you know, lobbies to get a design out there, which is pretty yeah. much what the assassin was. Yeah. It was a train wreck trying to get that thing out there. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know. Well, the Charger. Pain. Yeah, Charger is another the, one, too. The Charger was developed in a world with excessive money to burn, which, boy, I mean, if that isn't a metaphor for, like, the modern day F-22 Raptor. Yeah, right. You know, it's just, we got money to burn. Let's Let's make a the super heavy scout Mac and just put the biggest engine in there. And of course for the designers it was like, Hey, we should put this 400 rated engine on something. <laughs> let's, let's put it in this, you know, I wonder how many people actually used it for its intended purpose as a scout Mac. Even I, I don't know. It's glorious when you pull off that full hex charge with that thing. Well, it, it can beat the shit out of anything lighter than it. I mean, if it can get in a physical punch range, I mean, that's it. Hey, if you could run that thing into the front of an Atlas, dude, <laughs> it can yeah. do some damage. Not with the small lasers, yeah. but just charging into that thing. I mean, it, 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 it'd be fun to, 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 to use, I mean, or to come across. Like, again, like, your players are in a bunch of light mechs, and then up comes this elite pilot in a charger. <laughs> right? <It's> like, <laughs> uh, Mother of yeah. God. <laughs> And I will say, though, that that charger that was put in the Fourth Succession War scenario book, not the the original Fourth Succession War scenario book that came out kind of concurrently with the Atlases 
um, that was published in the 80s, but I think it was published either in the late 90s or early 2000s. And it was supposed to be sort of a expansion to be used alongside the Battletech Fourth Edition. Fourth Edition. Addiction. That says a lot. It That's is a Freudian slip. The Fourth Edition box set, and it had sort of this this Capellan variant of the Charger that dropped its engine rating from a 400 to I think a 320, and it had like an Auto Cannon 20 on it, and two SRM six packs, and yeah, it was a beast. It was pretty scary. Later inspired a Hatamoto Chi. Yeah. Well, that and Thug, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Actually, since since we're talking about the Hatamoto Chi, real quick, there was a post about that in the Shuret collection too, about what it was supposed to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposed to be in a Thug ripoff. Well, I also like the uh, the orthogonal images, mm-hmm. and actually that Michael Todd. Also known as Sigil. So if you guys see him around various other media, um, that's who that is. So he just, I think he lives in Virginia. And this, damn, this is what we should have freaking done. He just yeah. sent a bunch of emails to a bunch of old of the crea- old creators of Battletech. was like, hey, do you want to chat? And Robert Short was like, yeah, sure, let's chat. <laughs> and then they become like buddies. And so that's how Michael Todd, a.k.a. Sigil, is doing his thing. And... He put up for sale on the Shrek Collection website the those Hatamoto Chi Orthos. Oh man! And I would have grabbed it. I mean, it went for it wasn't cheap. This helicopter above us. It wasn't cheap. I mean, it was going for like two hundred bucks, and someone just snatched that up. They said, "I want it." That's awesome. And it's good they got it because I would have bought it. <laughs> You'd have made that nice wooden frame for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Where are we at right now in time? We've been rambling for a while. We have been. We have 30, been. 25 will do that. We have been talking for an hour and two minutes. Wow. Yeah, can you believe that? Say, in retrospect, uh, 3025 is a big deal, that book. Yeah. It established a lot behind Battletech, much like the another one we probably cover sooner or later, the Star League book. The yes. Original that came yes. Out. Well, and, and I get it. I, I, people. Well, I guess I don't get it, but the sort of complaints of, oh, I don't want to get that. It has all of the old artwork in it. It's stupid. And it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? The, it has all the fluff in it. It's, what does it mean if it has all the artwork? It's from the '80s. What do you want? Yeah. Um. It's not enough of a reason to to not get it. Or not spend time with it, or not read it, especially when you can get it relatively cheap. Or you can get the thirty thirty nine, you know, version that's pretty inexpensive and has a lot of designs in it. Um, that to me feels silly to not. I, I guess it kind of it's kind of there's there's two people, two kinds of people. The people who want to be in this game because of the fluff in the background that you want to delve into it, and the people who just want to play the board game. And, you know, I get it, but, you know, what makes Battletech so strong is the background. You know, it's what, for example, it's what makes Lord of the Rings so strong. Because even even throughout the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, they talk about, they throw these names out there all the time that don't get expounded upon until the Silmarillion comes out. Now, granted, I like the Lord of the Rings, I like the Hobbit. The Silmarillion's a pretty dry read. 
It took me three times to finally finish that book. It is pretty dry. Yeah, I never, I never read it. But it's that depth. You want to keep going. You want to keep looking. And to this day, to this day, I want to know what happened to those two blue wizards. We'll never find out what happened to those two blue wizards. <laughs> it never happened. They went on to found Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> and now we have Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And the Battletech card game that ran for a little bit. Not that long. <laughs> so yeah, but that, that, that's, that's Battletech. That's what TRO 325 and 326. You want to keep going. You want to keep reading. You want to experience this universe. You want to see what's going on. You want to lament your favorite designs whose factories were destroyed. You want to, to know about them. You want designs that weren't necessarily made to work. <laughs> well, we, we, we want them now. When we were kids, we didn't want them. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember spending a whole summer redesigning, optimizing battle mechs. You know, as a kid. And I remember doing that. Mm-hmm. You know? But now that I'm 35, it's like, well, I, I want the machine gun. It's like when you're playing StarCraft. You're like, ah, you know what? I feel like rushing someone with Zerglings. Why not? It's not the best thing to do, but hey, I'm crazy. Well, if it works, you're a genius. It, yeah. It's only worked once for me. And I'm not saying I'm a genius, because I'm definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, guys, that's our rambling on... That sort of golden era of TROs. We'll, we'll hopefully see a resurgence. I I didn't purchase the new Succession Wars book only because they took out the well. I will just say the unseen or classics. They yeah. took them out again. I'm waiting for them to revamp it before I buy it. But I mean, the yeah. fluff in there is almost identical, oh, if yeah. not identical, to what. We have in the original book, which well, says a lot about well, the original. I think a lot of things did change. I mean, 3039, a lot of things did change. So TRO Succession War is basically reprinting the material from 3039 and a couple other things. But uh, in 3039, like, particularly the information, so the Archer changed. You know, they, they included, you know, Morgan Cal and Jamie Wolf in yeah. it, you know, versus not having it. And they included Hans Davian and the Battlemaster, and I think they included Grace and Carlisle and the Marauder. Um, so some things did change. And 3039 is is, a, is still a really good product, and it's worth getting, because they, they go back to doing those things. And when they did a 3050 and 3055 upgrade, they included a lot of that information. They started putting in notable pilots, and the layout matched what was going on here. So while the 3050 upgrade has a new artwork and doesn't have, but doesn't have the unseen. It has that sort of layout and it, it does mm-hmm. describe what happened during the clan invasion and, and those battle mechs being used even up to the Jihad era. Um, I can't remember about 3058 upgrade. I do know that they added in all the battle armor that had been discussed and released either in the various sources, like the field manuals and yeah. other things they did put that in 3058. I don't remember if they did notable pilots. I can't remember if they did. For battle armor? I'm not sure, actually. No, I take that back. I think they did. Did they? I think they did. I don't know if they did it for the battle mechs. Because um, I remember looking a lot of stuff up on, for a couple things. Um, but then with the... 3145 TRO... The 3150 TRO, 
I think they did put a bunch of stuff in there for about like notable pilots and stuff. I think I do remember seeing that. But it's clear that when they went back to revamp those TROs, they borrowed heavily from the layout of 25 and 26. They realized how strong it was. Yeah. 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 That's what, hey, these books, so it got a lot of people into the game. Right. Right. It was, this was probably, I would say, one of the turning points for Battletech. What made it become as popular as it as it is today? Yeah. Well, popular in quotations. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely did. Was a game that garnered a lot of attention and had a lot of success with video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't say about Warhammer. I don't. I don't think there's really that many good Warhammer games. Oh, they 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 change everything yeah. anyway. I played Dawn of War before, but it's all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, spent a lot of time playing MechWarrior 2, MechWarrior 3. Yeah. A little bit of MechWarrior 4. Um, the fluff from 3025, 3050 were in those, the manuals for the games. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I, I really dig the artwork, the cover artwork for both 25 and 26. So, like, that Marauder being a blueprint, a skeleton with some of the armor plates missing, so you can see the Myomer bundles, and then the realized finished product and then the 26 the the mirrored image of the striker tank up top in camo and then you flip it the mirror image below the ground is if it's standing on if it's resting on glass being like a blueprint layout mm-hmm. that's good stuff it's real clever it's good stuff those were the days <laughs> and also like how this was all written by comstar so they're able to sort of you know, hand wave away the errors. Is it being like Comstar misinformation when, we, when there were mistakes? Um, and this is also before all the information sort of really trickling out about how fucked up and awful Comstar is, which you really began seeing with the end of the third Grey Death Legion trilogy. Um, that all played out in that third book. So I'm not going to spoil too much, but if you guys haven't read those books, those are a good adventure books especially that third one yeah but cool cool so i think we're gonna leave it there guys i hope all of you are doing well if you are still following us and paying attention if you're reading this on you or watching this on youtube um you know feel free to drop a comment you know what's what's one mech or vehicle or heck even one of the drop ships that really sucked you into the universe when you first flipped it open and read those entries i mean this 25 was the one that blew my head open. It really was. Um, so we want to hear from you. What are, what is it that, that, what book or entry was it that you read that got its hooks in you and hasn't let go? We also have um, a podcast on Anchor now, which I've updated the front of our YouTube page so you can go to it. Um, it's anchor.com slash the memory core, I believe. If not, I'm, you know, I can put a link in the description. No big deal. Um, it, it looks like uh, iTunes mm-hmm. actually accepted it. I don't think any of the other ones did because you could send like a mass like login thing oh. for it. Hmm. So we could be on multiple platforms. But I think iTunes is the only one it actually accepted. But if not, hey, you can get us off Anchor now. Making it big. Yeah, if you want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, this is Adam. And I am Dan. We are signing off. You guys stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Social distance. 
pandemic and all that good jazz. Don't die. It's not polite. Hey, be good. And before you know, we'll all be back to licking door handles again like we used to. Um, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> Should I? Depends on how much flavor there is. Nah. <laughs>